Hello and welcome to the Praise Center Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, visit PraiseCenterOnline.com. I don't know about you, I don't know if you feel this way, but at times it seems like with all the running around and the craziness of the holiday season that we seldom take time to really enjoy it. Do you feel that way a little bit? I mean, it just seems like you're rushing here and there and, and uh, it, just hoping that we can, this season, take, slow down just a bit and look at the things that are really important to us and not get lost in all the rush to do and do and do, right? So let's enjoy our holiday. And so Thanksgiving, this holiday that's coming up this Thursday is one that really should be a time for us to, to help us meet that goal of really being in the presence of the Lord and being, just stopping for a moment and being thankful people. Makes sense, doesn't it? So uh, today I want to talk to you about it, Thanksgiving, and the title of my message is Always Giving Thanks. I'd like you to turn in your Bibles, if you haven't already, to Luke chapter 17. We'll start in verse 11 in a bit. But, I, but I, I hope that we are people who are living with thanksgiving and always giving thanks in our lives, being thankful people. And so I want us to look at this story in Luke for just a few moments, and then we've got a lot more planned for the day. Okay, here we go. Luke 17, 11. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. And as he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. And when he saw them, he said, go show yourself to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he, you should read this last part with an incredulous voice. And he was a Samaritan because the Jews didn't like Samaritans. And Jesus is just kind of sticking it to him. By the way, the guy who was thankful, you know, because he's the hero of the story at this point, and Jesus says, and he was a Samaritan. So get that. Okay. So I want you to keep your Bibles open. We're going to uh, finish the rest of the text as we go. But uh, I want to get rolling in, in, in this, but I want to stop and pray first, and let's let some of this settle into our hearts. Lord, thank you for our gathering today. Thank you for the people of God. Thank you for the family that we are in you, brothers and sisters in Christ. We thank you for that. And Lord, I pray today as we get into this idea of always giving thanks that you would speak to our hearts in a deep way. And Lord, help us, especially in this busy, busy season, that we would stop enough to be thankful people along the way. In Jesus' name, amen? Amen. So, uh, so there's, this story is about lepers. And I don't know, when I was a kid, there were a lot of, you used to tell jokes that you probably wouldn't tell today. Um, like, did you hear about the hockey player uh, leper game that they had? leper hockey game did you hear about this no they, they had a face-off in the corner so that, not only is that gross and disgusting but it's like and some of you are going I don't know what that means because you don't know about hockey they, they have a thing called a face-off okay anyway uh, see bad jokes right let's get past that all right but going back to when I was a kid, I, I always thought Thanksgiving seemed magical to me, uh, to, you know, in a, in a way. I, I knew my mom was very busy all day, but for me, it was so great. Number one, I had the day off of school. And by the way, what is this deal? I don't know if it's both sides, but I know in the Eastmont School District, not only do they have all day Wednesday off, but they have Monday off too. Like, when I was a kid, you just got Thursday, Friday. And then they bumped it to like half day on Wednesday. And now it's like they're taking like a, a summer break in the middle of the fall. What is that all about? Yeah. Oh, it's exciting. I'm glad for the young people. But uh, I just think we kind of got robbed when we were younger. But anyway, 
But, uh, but I knew mom was busy, but I was out of school. I would watch TV all morning. Of course, in those days, we only had three channels, so that meant watching the parade, which was, oh, yeah. hey, there's Snoopy, great. You know, that was the highlight of the TV. And then football games would come on, and I didn't so much like football in those days. But, but, uh, but you know, and we would gather together a bunch of friends in the neighborhood, and uh, rather than playing some game on a TV, because we didn't have that, we would actually go outside and grab a real football and two-hand touch football, in a, in a, sometimes in a snow field or sometimes in the rough leaves, and we'd just do anything just to go have fun. And we would be busy, 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 and then you'd hear the call, dinner! And so it would be early afternoon, and mom would call, and we'd come in, and, and magically, like I say, all this food would appear on the table. It's like, oh, that's amazing, you know? And uh, here I, I was a kid, I didn't do anything, but there it was. And so we would, we would eat, and it would be so good. And, and then I'd go, when dinner was over, as, again, as a kid, I'd just go back to having fun, of course, and go back outside, or maybe at this point, stay inside, play some games, do some things, but, but somehow, all of that dirty mess and dishes all got put away, and it was just a, magi- a magical moment, it, uh, you know, uh, you know and, and, and then at the end of the day, when I finally got home after all that playing, I would come home, and the, the, there would be leftovers, the house would be clean, it was magic. It reminds me of this video I saw. You may have seen this on YouTube too, but I'm going to show it to you. To me, this helps explain what I'm talking about a little bit here. That explains the. Uh, magic did you say you were going to make dinner? I couldn't remember. <sighs> what? I just wish you'd take some initiative and cook your own dinner for once. I've been at work too, you know. And what now? I get to come home and pack the dishwasher, and then unpack the dishwasher, and cook dinner, and put the washing on. And you know what? I can't continue to live like this because hey, it's hey, not hey, me. Hey, 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 relax. It's going to be all right. How? Here, I'll just show you. Okay, I've been doing this since we moved in. See this basket thing? I don't know how it happens, if it's the house or what, but any dirty clothes you put in this basket, somehow, the next day, they're just clean, folded, and in a perfect pile on your bed. You're not serious. I couldn't believe it at first either, but it just keeps happening. That's why I didn't tell you, I didn't want to jinx it. You are insane. Try it, you'll see. Unless it's only chosen me. See, I don't know. I can't do this. No, wait. There's other things too. Plates, cutlery, pizza boxes, dirty tissues, anything you leave on this coffee table just vanishes overnight. I mean, sometimes I'll see how far I can push this thing and I'll just leave everywhere. And then sure enough, the next day, it's all gone. It's just vanished. It's magic. No, she wouldn't have left me. This is what I think happened. I heard her get up in the middle of the night to get a drink or something. She must have fallen onto the magic coffee table and just vanished. Are you insane? No, he's not insane. I've got the same coffee table at home. <laughs> well, I don't know if you've seen that before, but that, that explained my life as a child at home. And, and how things appeared to me. But now things are different. They're quite different. I see behind the curtain. I see Rhonda getting up <laughs> early in the morning and going through all the cooking and stuff like that. And, but all, often during the morning, she'll uh, task me with a few things to do, but she does the lion's share of it. But I see what's going on, and, and I do a little something here and there. But then, then we'll sit down with the kids and the grandkids, and we'll have this amazing moment that lasts probably 
I don't know, at best 15, 20 minutes, right? <laughs> I mean, it's all that work, and then you sit down, and you have this meal, and then, uh, then it's just an hour or so, and this is when Rhonda leaves the room, and the magic begins with, because of my hands, because, yes, uh, and I will clean everything up, and I'll take the meat off the turkey and put it away in dishes, and I'll, I'll spend my hour, hour and a half in the kitchen cleaning up the massive mess, and just about the time you get it cleaned up, people start coming in and wanting more. I, it's unbelievable. It's so much work. It's so, the veneer has been stripped. I see what's behind the curtain now, but, but the, and the magic is gone for me. It's, it's so much, but now our grandkids are coming and they're thinking, this is magic, <laughs> right? <laughs> and so there's the silver lining. There's the silver lining in it all. And there's a reason, honestly, to give thanks, to just begin to pass that on generation to generation. The first thing I want you to notice about our text today and this is important, is that, well, well, Jesus first, he just proclaims their healing. But this is what I want you to catch. It says that their healing took place as they went. Notice those words in your text. As they went. So in other words, he said, go show yourselves to the priest. They turn, start walking. I don't know how far they went down the road. They had asked Jesus for pity. Jesus listens to their request. And then he says, go show yourselves to the priest. They begin to move. Now, according to the Old Testament law, only the, the priest could declare that someone's leprosy was clean, even if they appeared clean, you had to have a priest declare it uh, to give you that clean bill of health. And so Jesus is telling them to do this. They listen to Jesus. All ten of them start down the road together. And, and so they, the, the, here's what I want us to get out of that little nugget right there, is that healing will only take place, listen, when faith is exercised. Okay? And, listen, this is more important, faith is only exercised when we do something. Do something. You see, faith is not just something that takes place in our minds or in our hearts. Faith starts there. Yes, indeed, it starts down deep inside of us. We get a little nugget of faith and we think, okay, I got this. But then all of a sudden, if it never turns into action, it's not really faith. There's not, it's not, listen, this is true. James makes this really clear in chapter 2, uh, verse tw uh, 21 and 22 of his epistle. He says, was not our father Abraham, this is the guy that we call the father of the faith. Was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together. And his faith was made complete by what he did. Thank you, thank you. So in the case of these lepers, they're exercising their faith by being obedient to Jesus and beginning to move in the direction of where the priests would be to show themselves. And so as they went, as they exercised faith and it became an action in their lives, that's when the healing began to take place in their lives. It's very important to understand this. And it makes me wonder, I think, about that, you know, you would love to have seen video of this or been there at that moment somehow if you had a time machine. Wouldn't that be an amazing moment to just kind of walk along with these guys? Because they're thinking... You know, they probably initially turned away from Jesus thinking, I don't feel any different, I don't look any different, probably could still see sores and all kinds of things. And they're moving along, and as they're moving along, I don't know if they began to feel different, or if maybe one of them just happened to glance at a hand and went, whoa, <laughs> and then began to peel up his sleeve a little and maybe pull off a, a, and start looking at other parts where there had been sores before, where there had been disease before, and, and their skin is clean, completely clean. And it's just happening as they're walking along this road. Before they were covered with sores and pale, now the skin is new and whole. And they slow down and they stop for a moment and begin to look deeper. And they look and they realize that they've been healed on the way. 
And they, I can imagine them shouting back and forth, I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm healed, ten of them, one at a time, screaming out, you know, and praises to God and saying, this is, what an incredible moment. Can you imagine being there at that moment? But what about us? When, do we have faith that for even the smallest things that Jesus tells us to do? Like story Rhonda told last week, if you were here, that how she had asked for help in finding something, an expensive item, some AirPods that she had. And just as she was praying about it, felt an uh, inclination from the Holy Spirit to look in the trash of all places. And she's thinking, why would they be in the trash? And she almost dismissed the voice, but then she listened. And she had faith. And then faith took action when she picked that nasty trash bag up out of the thing and looked, and there were her AirPods in their yellow case at the bottom of the trash. That's what I'm talking about. When you hear something, from God. He gives you a little word. He gives you a little instruction. And then you listen to it. And then you decide to act on it. And that's what happened as they were go- going along. And so we can start with that simple obedience. You know, you say, well, what is, he, what is he telling you to do? What is he telling me to do? Well, you can start with just the simple obedience to God's word. Right? You hear God's word. You read it. You think, well, I'm not doing that. How about I just start with that? But then you're going to hear these other special moments when the Lord will speak to your heart and your life and intersect your life in ways, and He'll give you faith for things that are incredible if you'll just trust in Him. But, but So, so uh, let me brag on the nine for just a moment, if I may. I think a lot of times we throw them under the bus. We think, hey, they, did, they weren't thankful. Boo, right? But listen, they obeyed. They did exactly what Jesus told them to do, didn't they? He didn't say, hey, and by the way, if you happen to notice you're healed along the way, stop give, and come back and give me thanks. He didn't say that. He just said, go show yourself to the priest. So the nine continue on. They probably thought the other guy was like odd for turning back. Like, whoa, why is he not doing what he's supposed to be doing right now? So, so it's hard to fault them for that. But I want to suggest that, that while obedience is paramount, and it surely is, we need to be obedient to God and his word, and that healing is wonderful too, we get that. But there is, there is more to how we conduct our lives than thinking about the immediate, if you will. Are you with me on that? That there's something about having a heart that is always grateful and that will set us up to be in the best place. You can be in a good place in life, right, by being obedient, but you can be in the best place when you add thankfulness to your obedience. So let's go back now and look at verse 17. Jesus asked this guy as he came back, he said, Were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, Rise and go. Your faith has made you well. All ten of these guys were cleansed. All of them were healed from leprosy, which was an awful, awful disease. There was, no, there was no healing typically from that unless God did something. There was no process you could go through to be clean, or to, and you would end up dying of it eventually. But what a miserable way to go. And so, so the, all ten of them, it says, were cleansed. The word cleansed in this passage means to make clean. It carries the, the idea of the Levitical pronouncement of cleaning. And that's wonderful. All ten were cleansed and all ten were healed. But there's one who slows down. One who takes a moment to stop and remember the God from whom all blessings flow. He's the one that takes time to go back and find Jesus. To throw himself at Jesus' feet and thank him. And the surprising thing again is that he's a Samaritan, which is, which is people that they thought were apart from God. People that don't even know God are going to come and give thanks to him. So the Bible says that we used to be enemies of God. I want to kind of just think about this for a moment. We used to be enemies of God. All of us did because of sin. That, that put us in a place that was separated from God and enemies with him. 
But despite the fact that we were enemies of God, He loved us so much that He sent His only Son, Jesus Christ, to this earth to, to live a life, to teach us these things, to heal people, to love people, to feed people, do all these incredible things. And then, when He had lived for 33, 33 and a half years or so, they took Him, they crucified Him, they buried Him in a tomb, but on the third day, hallelujah, he rose from the dead. And because of that, that's why we're here today. This is why we're here on Sunday. This is the third day. Every week on Sunday, it's the third day from the night that he went into that tomb. And so thank God for that. We're celebrating the resurrection of Jesus all the time. And I, 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 as we think about that gospel message, which I just explained, the, the, God, the good news is that by believing in that, that he is a risen Savior, and making him the Lord of your life, in other words, you're saying, because you've done that for me, I'm giving my whole life over to you. I'm putting you in charge of my life. I'm making you Lord. Then the Bible says that we will be saved because of that. I, I think back to when I was 15, and many of you have heard my testimony. I won't go into detail, but, but I often think about that night. I, I think about it very often, and I think about what if I had not got on my knees that day, kneeled at the couch next to my Aunt Mary, and prayed the sinner's prayer and asked Jesus to come into my life. What if I hadn't done that? How different my life would have been, but how close I came, I think, because it feels like if I had missed that moment, I might have missed God entirely. And I don't know if that's right. Maybe I would have got other opportunities. I would hope to think so. But I know that in that moment, I felt like if I don't do this now, I will be lost forever. That's what I felt. And so I came to Christ, and I am so thankful. And I realized that, that my, my destination had changed from hell to heaven because I trusted in the, the one who loved me that much. And I love that about God, and He'll do that in any life. Anyone that will slow down and bow at His feet and say, I give my life fully and completely over to you. And even in some of the worst circumstances of my life, that were up to that point, the, those 15 years without Him, I realized that God used a lot of those to help bring me to that place where I could hear the gospel and respond to be saved. This one leper comes and he throws himself at the feet of Jesus. He thanks him for what he's done. And then Jesus says something to him that he didn't say to the others. This is interesting. He says, rise and go, your faith has made you well. So this, this is a different word. He told the others, you're going to be cleansed. You'll be clean. And they, went, and they were clean. But he says, your faith has made you well or made you whole. And so now this is a little bit different thing. It really could be translated this way. It could be translated, your faith has saved you. It's, it's the word for salvation. It's the root word for salvation in the Greek language. Listen, I just got to be real with you. Physical healing is of great value. Absolutely. And, it, and it's a great blessing. But still, physical healing will ultimately, we will all ultimately die. Unless the Lord comes first, right? But we're all going to die eventually. We get that. But the blessing of eternal life lasts forever. And when I say we'll die, as believers, we really don't ever die. We just trade this body for a new body at that moment, and we walk into eternal life. But we're already in eternal life now. We've got that already. But this is what Jesus is saying to him. Your faith has saved you, which is different than what he said to the others. Now listen, again, obedience is good. We must obey and do what God says. But along the way, we're running around being obedient, doing all this stuff, but are we stopping to be thankful people? Are we stopping to be at the feet of Jesus? Because there's more He wants to give us than just the immediate. He wants to give us something eternal. If we'll open up to that. If we'll open up to that. And we stop, can we stop and just take time to thank God? And be a praiser of God and a worshiper of God?
Our rooted group just finished up, and we're going to uh, show them to you a little bit later near the end of the service, and we're celebrating with them. Two of them are going to be baptized in water today. Many of you in this church, yeah, it's exciting. Uh, many of you in this church have um, already been through rooted, and, and so I want to uh, go back a bit and share a scripture that I shared with them last Sunday night. And I, if you've done rooted already, you've heard me share this way, but I'm going to briefly just rehearse something. In Ephesians 5, uh, 5 15 through 20, uh, it says, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk with wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And as a reminder for them and, uh, that, that have done rooted and for all who have done rooted, this, this phrase of wise people who are making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. We, we talked about this and we, we said that wise people understand the times that we live in, the, the dynamics that we live in. And we talked about this word opportunity. Let me say it again, that this is one of the Greek words for time, and it's the word kairos. And we talked about how kairos suggests that there's a limited number of opportunities, God-given opportunities, where he's going to give you an opportunity in your life if we'll just be ready for that. And we, we talked about, and this, again, this is rehearsing, but we talked about there's a, the Greeks had a god named Kairos. He's not a true god, but in their mind he was a god. And he had a ponytail on the front, which is really weird looking, and, but shaved hair in the back. And the way you understood what an opportunity was is as it would come across, you had this quick, and he, by the way, he carried these bags of gold. So if you saw an opportunity coming, you could get him before he passed you, by the ponytail, then you would get to have what he had. But if you'd waited t just a moment too long and you tried to reach for that opportunity, it was gone past you. Everybody remember this? Yeah. Rooted people remember this, right? Everybody that took rooted, all right, you got this? So, so again, it's seize that moment, seize the day. It's take those opportunities. Every day, God's going to give us these kairos moments to share our faith, to invite someone to be a part of the family of God or to come to church with you, to show kindness to others, to get to know Him better. Every day, He's going to invite us to things, maybe opportunities to even give something away. But, but here's where I really want to land this idea is, is that every day, I believe, God will give all of us an opportunity, listen now, to be thankful. To be thankful. Every day. The only way we can be aware of those moments is that the Holy Spirit will speak to us and let us know, here comes one of those moments. Here's that one-of-a-kind opportunity. Here's your opportunity to go to Jesus, fall at His feet. Here comes, here comes Kairos. Here's your opportunity. And we're thankful. And we get to, so, so you understand what's happening with this one guy that comes back is he's getting a lot more than the guys who didn't come back. He is getting not only the idea of being healed physically, but he is also getting the salvation of his soul. That's what Jesus is indicating when he says, your faith has saved you. Your faith has saved you. You have gone from being somebody who benefited at God's hand from healing to someone who is being understanding that I'm the source of life to all who will believe. And he got it. And he got it. And he came back. That's what thankfulness will do for us. That's what will happen if we will take those moments during our days to be thankful in Jesus' name. And if you'll notice in that uh, scripture, if you put it back up for us there, Kyle, but Ephesians uh, 5 verse 20 says, Always, always, everybody say it with me, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything 
in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Throughout every single day, there will be kairos moments, opportunities to give thanks for God. You say, oh, I had a terrible week. I had a terrible day today. I have nothing to be thankful for. Oh, really? Is that right? So, listen, we all get it. If we have good things happen in our life, we could be thankful for them. But listen, when bad things happen, now listen, you've got to just change our thinking a little bit. Don't thank God for the bad things. That doesn't even make sense. God doesn't even want that. What you do is you thank God in spite of the bad things. You catching this? All right? Because you, you can thank God. It's easy to do. We all think about, oh, in that good moment, like, man, when that car, when we were able to fix it so quickly, and because of prayer, every bolt came off like it was supposed to. Everything went back together. It ran. And we were thanking God that he gave us that help to do that. That was fantastic. I love that. But even if things had gone badly, let's thank God in spite of the bad things and the rough times and the rough patches of life. Be grateful. Live your life with a sense of thankfulness to God. Amen? Amen? Again, the Christmas season is upon us, and there's no reason at all not to celebrate our brains out. Just have a great month. Let's do it. Let's have fun. Let's enjoy traditions and family and gift giving and gift receiving. It's all wonderful. But let's not think that when Thursday is over that the season of Thanksgiving is over. For us as believers, the season of Thanksgiving is an every, 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 every day thing. Every day. Every day. And let's be remembering to give praise to God through Thanksgiving every day for the things He's done for us. He's so good. Thanksgiving is not a holiday for us, but it is a way of life. Amen? Every day is a day of Thanksgiving. Worship team, come on back up. So this leper returns and gives thanks and I love this, but, but then as Jesus is, as this is being described, it says he is praising God. Again, when we give thanks to God, he views it as praise. That's part of what it means to praise God. Does that make sense? So I want to I suggest to us that if this is your church family, I don't know if you noticed the sign when you came in or the logo, but there's a giant word that happens to be in the middle of our logo and our name, which is the word what? No, but there's another one. Yes, praise, thank you. <laughs> Family's good, but the name of the church is Praise Center. And, uh, you know, I can, can I just say to us, can we just be a people of praise? Can we just start to be more of a people? Let's be a people of thanksgiving to God, and in that we're giving praise to Him. And it goes to every area of our life, even the simplest things. There's, there's probably, at a minimum, three times a day that we ought to be giving thanks to God. Can you imagine what those might be? When we go to meals, right. Do you understand? Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. As believers, when we come to a meal, we sit down and we stop. And we're going to do that in a few moments here. We're going to have a meal together. And if I forget, don't, don't eat until we pray, okay? Because <laughs> it's going to be busy at the end of the service. But I, I'm going to try not to forget. But, but, but I, it seems to me, as I've been around believers, that there's a tendency. I think we're getting more away from this idea. And I'm not trying to make us be religious in a strict sense, you know, well, you have to be religiously, okay, let's just have a thankful heart. Let's not make it ritual, let's not make it religion, but can we just make it relationship with God that when we sit down to a meal, we understand that we're going to give thanks for that meal. We're going to give thanks. And let's not let that decline in our lives. You're in a restaurant, and don't be embarrassed. Bow your heads in that restaurant and give thanks to God in that moment. Well, you don't have to bow your heads. I don't know why I said that. Lift your heads. That's what Jesus did. He actually lifted his head and said, thanks for this food, Father. 
And he handed out the bread and the fish, and it multiplied, and thousands were fed. I'm not trying to make it complicated. I'm just saying, boy, at least three times a day, there's an opportunity for us to say, thank you, God. We are blessed. We are blessed. And that 1 Timothy 4, 3-5 says it this way. It says, God created, he's talking about food uh, in a previous part, so in context. God created food to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. For everything God created is good, and nothing is to be rejected if it's received with thanksgiving, because it is consecrated, made holy, and some people believe, and I think there may be some truth to this, but even if there were, let's say there was something in the food that could do damage to us, I'm not saying in every case, you know, uh, I prayed over a meal and I still got food poisoning. I, I don't, I, I'm not trying to make a law out of this, but I believe this idea of consecration by the word and by prayer is something that God may even take care of things. You understand what I'm saying? Like, that, that might be in our food in those moments as we're just being thankful. So let's, I'm not trying to make this like a, oh, I, if I don't pray, I'm going to get sick. Oh, please don't think that. That's not what I'm saying. But God loves us so much. Well, let's pray over our meals. Let's, let's do that at least three times a day and just say thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you for loving us so much. Thank you for giving us abundance here in America. Wow, we're so blessed. But let's look for those other opportunities too. And when we receive a blessing, let's stop and thank God. Let's stop and thank Him. And let's understand that as we're people who thank God, that, that He's going to download more into our lives than, than those who just receive His blessings and don't. He's got more for us if we'll go back to Him with thanks in Jesus' name. And so as we're, let's stand together. And before we, we're going to sing a little bit in a moment. We're going to do a whole bunch of other stuff here. But before we do anything else, I want to encourage you. you, you may not be used to this in church, you think, oh, I think, you know, really wild people do that. Well, it's not so. It's just a, a matter of just loving God. And if you could just lift your hands with me, and, and could we just take about 90 seconds or so, and whatever you want to thank Him for, but everybody out loud, let's just begin to thank God. If you don't know what to thank Him for, just begin to think about any blessing you have in your life, your family, your, your house, your car, your whatever you want to thank Him for. Let's lift up thanks to God. Go, right now. Thank you for listening to Praise Center Sermon of the Week. Don't forget, for more information, visit PraiseCenterOnline.com.